Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Let's say kids are listening to it that's in college or mm-hmm. they're trying to make a decision. So it's the ICR, yeah. the yeah. IB. Can we like, talk about yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was actually going to go there. Okay. okay. So so the fourth, it was pay, repay, the IBR and ICR. The reason I found out is because... When I was trying to get a loan forgiveness plan, mm-hmm. I wasn't part of one of those. Right. And so I got declined. Yes. And I was like, wait, what is this? And so, yeah, can you go into the depth okay. of the parameters of each? So let's go through it. So Obama, the Obama administration gave us the pay and the repay plan. Mm-hmm. So pay came out first, and that's for those that have new loans or newly consolidated loans in the direct loans program. Your payment is capped at 10%. Mm-hmm. Repay came out like, because people went off. They were like upset. Like, so I can't get my payments lower? So then they came out what's called repay that said, if you just have a direct loan, doesn't have to be newly consolidated, you can get 10% too. Although more is forgiven over time under the pay plan than the repay plan. The IBR plan is the old-fashioned income-based repayment plan that everybody knows. And anybody listening should check their loans to see which plan they normally are under. Mm -hmm. Most people never switch out. And they could actually lower their payment by going to repay from IBR. So you have, based on how much you make, will determine how much you're going to have to pay. Yes. Okay. So IBR is at a 15% margin. 
ICR is at a 20% repayment. And if anybody's listening, they will write down if they had parent plus loans. Hmm. So I'm such a teacher. I'm like, I want to write it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need yeah, to write yeah. for it. I know so those. I'm like, okay, so ICR is 20%. Now, what Biden is proposing is the plan that they're saying that he's coming out with will be at 5%. So some people are really going to see a, a good win in terms F- of their money. 5%? Of your, um, of your uh, expectation to be able to repay back loans. So if you borrow a hundred thousand, you only have to pay back five thousand. Oh no, five percent of your income. Your income, so your income, five thousand. Okay, right. So like, if somebody had was making a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. like at, with a teacher salary in New York, that could happen easily, mm-hmm. right? And yet you have to pay fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. That's fifteen hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, you have to make a to get the forgiveness of the one I was thinking. I think it's the PSLF, right? Yes. The, the mm-hmm. public service. So if you're a teacher, if you're anything in a public service, you can get this loan forgiveness. You'd have to make a hundred and twenty consecutive payments. Yes. To qualify for it. Yes. And that started. Uh, it dates back to 2007. So mm-hmm. this was the problem I ran into. I'm like, oh, bet, 2007, I haven't missed a payment. And 2017, it was my 10th year, and I was like, oh, great. So then you need to look into what's called the TEPSLF. So I did it. I got forgiven for another loan. Okay. Yeah, so then I, that's when I started researching, wait, I, there's more loans out there for teachers. Yes. And so I did the teacher loan forgiveness where it was like, if you are a highly qualified teacher in the subject at five years, and it has to be a Title I school. Wait, so that's clarification. Yeah, yeah. There's two well, different... Yeah, I, I when we do the podcast, yeah, yeah. Like, so, let me get yeah, yeah. so what you're saying is okay. So let me ask you a question. So okay. you got the teacher loan forgiveness. Yep. But did you get the TE? I did not. I did not. Did you apply yet? I did, but they told me I wasn't in one of those four uh, qualifying ones, so I wasn't in pay, repay, uh, IBR. Well, or... wait, no, TE is different than PSLF. Okay, no, then I wasn't. I didn't okay. get that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go. So I'm going to offline yeah. show you the other plan. Perfect. So the government. Um, and the money might still be available. Okay. They gave a, a window of money for people that, like him, had been paying since 2007, but was on a standard plan, let's mm-hmm. say. And he like, I've been paying, so why am I not? And I work for... And so it's under a different program. Okay. It's just like a spinoff of the PSLF. A lot of people don't know about it. They talked about it one time on the news. <laughs> I'm like, so... Um, so I'll show you where that's at. Yeah, Last that's, time I checked, there's still money available. Yeah, because it was like a bunch of people had applied. They had mm-hmm. did the 10 years. They had the 120 payments. And I think less than 1% of people actually right. got forgiveness. So then they told them to go back and apply for that second plan I'm telling you about. Yeah. But it got confusing and people didn't do it. Um, they closed it. They reopened it. So last time I checked, I looked literally the other day. It's still open. Your DM is about to blow up. Okay. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but that's the whole purpose. Yeah. You know, so I have to be really knowledgeable about these things. And and let me be very clear. Like, I don't work for Sally May. I don't even like student loans in a concept. I like that people that come to us or come to me initially can get the help to move forward in life. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you walk away with 100% forgiveness after that, he's going to be light as a bird around here, right? And then you're going to do something different with your money. Like, I don't know how much you pay towards your student loans out of COVID, but that additional money can go to all the things you guys talk about, right? Yeah. Real estate and investing. But that'd be the number one reason why people do not get into um, growing their money because the student loan debt payments. Yeah. It makes you. It can make you stagnant, right? It can de- or de- depression de- too. It can, right? de- it can make you depressed. Yeah. It could leave you to a point where it's like, yo, now I have to live at home longer than I expected. Absolutely. Now I can't afford to get a car. Now I can't um, afford to even be in a real relationship right because uh, i can't have a family oh, I, have I can't i can't get married i can't afford to do it and so it stagnates your life from yeah. a decision that you made at 18. i gotta i gotta tell the story okay okay so this is real and if somebody's watching is going to understand what i'm about to say so if you are um particularly like a black woman and you're dating and you got six figure student loan debt i know it come up in your mind at one point like how am i going to tell this man right 
So, so what happens when I used to do one-on-one appointments in person, I miss those days. Those were fun. Guys who used to book their fiance and girlfriends for like appointments that the girls didn't know about. Mm. So they would come in like, well, where are we at? And I'm like, hi, I'm thinking everybody knows. Nobody knows. But him. And I'm like, so you didn't tell him? And he's like, no, I'm going to go get some lunch. And he like just <laughs> dropped the girl off. So now she's arms folded. She's tight. And I'm like, oh, God. And you know, remember how you had like panty buttons at work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that at all. So I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, so here's what's going to happen. So we're going to go through your loans. And I said, and so the girl, I remember she was so upset. She had that bad attitude. And then I just had to get real for like two seconds, you know. I was like, look, so look, this was about to be. I was like, I really think that this man likes you. He likes you enough to have booked this appointment. He thinks highly enough of you. That probably means he may want to propose, get married soon. But he's very serious about his money. And he's not going to propose to you unless you tackle your student loan debt. Because I think she told him, right? So I said, so what we're going to do is we're going to put you on this plan. And I think she was eligible for PSLF. I said, and then when he comes back, you're going to tell him the game plan, like all excited and enthusiastic. You got it? But I don't know. Like, I just think I'm a whole different person. And she was like, okay. So we did work it out to where her payments would be 130 She was enrolled on PSLF. And then you could see his face was like, oh, all right. Okay. So what you're saying is all she got to do is. So he was like real light after that because it was real tense. And then sure enough, you know, I stopped him. I wanted to see, <laughs> like six months later, he proposed. But now, like, I don't think he would have not proposed if, well, we don't know, really. Yo. But he really needed to feel comfortable that she was on top of her loan debt. And so it does come up in dating yeah. and trying to buy yeah. a home together. Student loan doctor salute. slash marriage counselor. Salute, yeah. salute that, man. So so <laughs> let me ask you this. Okay, so um, me, I'm a slow learner. And fortunately, I never had to deal with any of this stuff. So um, all of this stuff is, like, kind of foreign to me. So for people that you know might be in the same boat as me and they might have children it might not affect them but they might have children yeah. so sure. let's try to let's try to unpack this a little bit so it's like all these different loans which one is the best loan to get in i know that's like a hard question mm-hmm. but which one is the best loan to get in and then if you are, are in a bad loan um how can you maneuver into a good one so with the federal government there's only like one type of loan it's just a federal loan right and so when we have students going to college, they get a, what's called an award letter. They'll be told if they get any grants, any scholarships. And then on the award letter, it'll say unsub and sub, right? And so sub means um, loans that have interest that's paid for by the government. Unsub means the interest you're responsible from day one as to how it accrues. Parents get jammed up when they apply for what's called the Parent Plus Loan. It's like the devil child of student loans. Like, it's... <laughs> It's bad, but they they really make it to where parents um, get trapped with those. It's like kind of like a private loan, yeah, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say yeah, that, that's the steps, difference between the federal, loan. the federal and the privates. Yeah, right. And because the interest rate is horrible, like seven point eight. Um, most times they want you to go into repayment right away. They do hit and look at your credit, and so they got to decide who has better credit, mom or dad, when doing the application. If mom or dad gets denied, the child can get two thousand additional per the semester. But if you're going anywhere outside of a state school, like if we're here in New York, that that money should be enough to cover that tuition. But when people go to more expensive schools, what happens? What do they got to take out? Private, private loans. loans. And now private loans are really like the death of our economy, mm-hmm. particularly for um, black millennials, because everyone wants to go to an HBCU, right? But everybody's not getting full funding to go to an HBCU. So I see a lot of graduates that come out, 
The most they can borrow is 57,500 undergrad. And then they have like 100,000 in private loan debt. Let me be really clear. 100,000 private loan is different than 100,000 federal. And the reason it is is because if you owe 100,000, your payment could still only be $200 based off of your income and who you take care of. But with a private loan, that payment's going to be $1,000 with a period behind it. Then the F word comes. Forbearance, right? So, so well, no, not, not with private loans. Oh, not yet. with private, with federal, you can. Yeah. Okay. So, so federal loans, all of these programs, income-based programs, all of that, uh, but private loans, there's no kind of program to lower the payment? No, your lender may have something like Navi and may say, well, we'll allow you to do some forbearance, but then the interest is still capitalizing. And the time you come out of it, the payment's now like 1300 a month. So it's, it's really uh, no relief. Now, let me say this. There are only two states, Pennsylvania and Texas, that will not allow um, private loan debt to take over your income, like garnish your wages. Mm -hmm. But New York, definitely, um, we get a lot of clients that call in crying literally because they get their paychecks snatched up to 25%. Um, Georgia, particularly Florida. I'm just thinking about where we get the most calls from with that issue, Boston, um, Massachusetts. So... So if you're listening to this and you have private loan debt, right? Because I know that's the question that comes up a lot. The goal is to get your credit up as best as possible so that you can refinance your loans. This is the best time to refinance private loan debt. But I have an asterisk. So because I do believe with the Biden administration that there is going to be a form of loan forgiveness, 10000 50000 or 100%, through the Higher Education Act of 1965, the president-elect is already allowed, as soon as he takes office, yeah. he could just sign it off. Like, in one stroke of a pen. Yeah. Sign what off? So, All the yeah, yeah, so that's, that's a good, student, that's a good point. You're still alone yes. there. And so those are some of the, the proposals, right? There mm -hmm. is the everybody who has student federal student loan debt. Yes. We, outside, we don't want to confuse it with private. Mm -hmm. They're going to get $10,000 if he signs it, right? Or, or yeah. the other proposal mm -hmm. is uh, we can do 10000 for five years. Mm -hmm. Right or completely wipe away everybody's so student loan. His program ten thousand for five years that'll just pass probably through the Congress and yeah. the House. That's fine. But what we what we know he has the authority to do. Every president has already had the authority to do is literally sign one hundred percent that one point nine trillion away. So here's my question, mm -hmm. right? Let's say because the average person right has under twenty five thirty thousand dollars in right. student loan debt. There's no interest being uh, applied right now, right? Mm -hmm. Only the principal you can pay toward that. If we can do it, should we pay it off or should we wait till the administration to come in and see what happens? I get that question like almost every day. Um, so here's what I would say. There is going to be something coming. And you know, a president likes to make his mark in the first 100 days. Yeah. So for real, for real, you, you could wait like, you know, about 100. I'm, just, I'm asking for a friend. Days, I'm asking right? for a friend. If you was watching this like right now, you know, about 130 days out, I, I would be on the minimum payment type of situation. Because if something did come, let's say the big number that the Democrats are pushing him to is 50,000. You would have your loans wiped clear, but you're not getting any money back mm -hmm. that you put out. Right. So I think, you know, it's bad to say this out loud, but I would probably be a minimum payment to see what happens. 
Ernest, what's going on? It's a new year. And guess what? We're not doing New Year's resolutions. We're doing New Year who's executing. And in order to execute, you got to have the information. What better place to start than EYL University? Shadi, tell them what we bring in. Yes, EYL University has graduated. We revamped the whole entire curriculum, whole entire program, and now it is EYL University Grad School. So it already includes over 100 past webinars. It already includes weekly webinars from industry experts. It already includes monthly financial planning calls with me. It already includes access to our private investment group on Facebook, movie club, book club. But what we have added is the home buyers blueprint reloaded with over 12 hours of video content was added to that. Once a week, we will be doing video calls for mentorship, all things real estate. Yeah, you know how this works. Don't wait, don't hesitate, don't play yourself, reward yourself. Here's what we're gonna do for you. We're gonna give you 50% off for a limited time only. 50% off, and you're gonna become an earner. See you on the side, y'all. So, um, noted. Let me ask you this as far as, all right, so I guess the best student loan to get in is a federal loan, not a private loan. Yes. The best one. So, when you get in, the, so the, all those options are just repayment options. Like, there's only one federal student loan, right? It's not like different types of federal student loans? No, it's just one type of federal loan. The other federal loans that they used to have, which are called FFEL, or FFELP or Perkins loans, um, oh. yeah. Those, <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> those are more so with uh, with colleges, universities would give out on behalf of the government. Those loans and programs have stopped. Okay. If you are listening to this and you have an FFEL or FFELP or Perkins loan, you should look into consolidating your loans into the direct loans program so that you can take advantage of any forgiveness that's coming because this current administration does not get paid or even the CARES Act, if you had a loan that wasn't a direct loan, even in the CARES Act, they didn't pay for your loans right now. They didn't cover your loan debt. So you probably want to look into consolidation and see if it's a good fit. So, I mean, it puts especially parents, you know, who come from working class, you know, homes, uh, because a lot of times when you apply for, for student loans and your parents make a certain amount or a decent living, you're not going to get any. Right. Most times, like I remember applying for student loans and I got like. $246. I'm like, this is like one book. And so it forces you almost to say like, I got to take out this loan then I got to go the private route. So what, what do we do in those scenarios? Is it just like try your best and get scholarships or look for grants? What are we supposed to do? So a student going into college? Yeah. Right. So a couple of things. If you're a student listening to this, I know you guys do have a good audience that's younger. Um, you know, I believe in what's called scholarship Sundays. Hmm. So I would recommend that starting in uh, sophomore and junior year, you start looking for the scholarships you're going to apply to most times in junior year, mm -hmm. right? And the challenge with all of this is, and what it comes down to is, um, as parents, we don't prepare well enough. And by no fault to anybody listening, like, don't feel bad that you didn't prepare. But just know that this generation right here, the millennial generation, has to be the one that ends student loan debt. Like, first off, if you're listening to your podcast and they're listening, they shouldn't even be thinking about their child having to take out student loans. Like, that's contradictive everything you guys teach in terms of wealth building. Yeah, right? I, had this, I just had this conversation the other night. Like, whose responsibility is it? Is it the, oh, the, la the, the, parents. the parents' lack like, of the, preparation? That's the issue. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting all straight. Like, yeah, but I mean, we, 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 we first, like, so a lot of right. us are first generation college graduates. And yes. so, like, our parents, my parents and I from this country, they didn't, they don't know these things. And yes. so, like, now I'm looking at my responsibility for my children is like, 
We don't. We, we're never gonna have to take. So so. All right. So let me ask you this, because fortunately, like I said, I didn't have to go through this process because I played basketball and I had a scholarship. Oh, yes, I like He's you. a scholarship kid. I had a scholarship. Okay. <laughs> I had a scholarship. He I'm not. You see how he's sitting? That's what you don't got student loan debt. That's what you look like. He's like, what is this FHA you're talking about, you gotta, Troy? You got to work on your jump shot. You work on your jump shot. <laughs> I'm like, dang, nobody told me Yeah, nah. <laughs> I had scholarships in college. Can I be really, really honest with you? I just didn't have guidance to tell me to not take out the refund check. So I didn't have a lot. I'm going to be real. Like in college, yo, I was living, I'm living good now, but. I, in college, I was living right under this level, and I and I know that sounds weird, but I had a full ride. That refund check, that re, we, like we, nobody, you as a young black kid, somebody saying come to the bursar's office and pick up five thousand every semester. What? You remember True Religions? What? Yo, I, listen, True Religions. If you was my friend, I got you up here. I didn't want to walk on campus, and we didn't look fly together. We're not eating campus food. We're going to rent lobster. Mm-hmm. And I'm like the first ever car. Your college was so fun. But that's because I had a lot of money coming in from scholarships that the refunds that I did take was like play money because I didn't understand them. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like Sundays, we're all here eating. Bring- <laughs> Yo, it was, it was like the you Made best us time. over here. I don't even know if I had real friends. <laughs> I probably brought a lot of friendships because I, well, I've always been very, very generous and I have a good heart. And I'm really, if I eat, you eat. That's how I feel. And um, it used to be to the point, look at the Brian's like shaking his head. Like, he said yes. Best friend. He's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, so like on Sundays, it's like so digress, but like I was like, all right, I'm cooking. I'm not a cook. I'm like, if you want to contribute, true story, I'm like, put the pack of fish with your name on the ciggy so I know that you can come back. Because they would drop off all type of food. All my guy friends, I have a lot of guy friends. Like, you could do five fish, just drop it off at the door. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I like that. That's and it was it. like, and then all the- I needed you in college. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I had, I had, uh, uh, this, this is a true story. Um, <laughs> I, I, I know, I know the story. For one, year, for one year straight, I ate tuna fish every day for one year straight. No, my friend, one year straight ate ramen noodles and imagine that wall being stacked up with ramen noodles, beef, Shrimp and chicken. Like, what do you want today? I don't want that. I was like, yeah. we got we got options. Yeah, Beef. Yeah. <laughs> I, oil. I haven't had tuna fish in a while. I still eat it every <laughs> once in a while, but I eat, now I eat it in a salad. Oh. I was eating it on in, in a sandwich. Did like, your meal plan get jacked up? Nah. You know the thing about it is playing sports. So, um, so my first two years was in Maryland. My my next two years was in Hawaii. So Maryland, the scholarship included just the cafeteria food and yes. and dorm rooms and all that. When I went to Hawaii. Oh. Everything was paid for, but they gave me a check. They gave me a check for like $6,000, and then that was to pay for my off-campus apartment, mm. pay for food, and all of that. So you blew it. I was on my own, so I was just going grocery shopping, but I, ain't, I didn't know how to cook. I had a foreman oh. grill. I was just putting anything on the foreman grill, and then I would just you make- You had no friends? Yeah, we nah, eleven thousand. Nah, we was, nah, I mean, nah. we eleven hours away. Yeah, <laughs> we back in New York. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, it was uh, it was tough, but we made it through. We made it through. We made it through. Well, you look good though. You guys, you guys <laughs> omegas up. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> that's that's. Don't see how close this skin is. Oh, you, you could put tuna in your yeah. salad when you got to pray through the room. That's right. all it takes. That's all it takes. But let me ask you this. So yeah, so as far as parents, right? It's interesting what you just said. You said mm-hmm. um, if they're listening to this, they shouldn't even be worrying about that. So what is your advice for parents? Like, because it's like, all right. Um, do they, so if they can't afford to send mm-hmm. their kid to college, right? Mm-hmm. Um, should they just go community college and oh, then yeah. state school and just only do federal? Like, should they never do? At what point does it make sense to do student loans or does it really make sense yes. to do student loans? So I'm licensed but not licensed in this section. So I'm going to teeter 
lightly, but I think it would be best to pick everyone to Google the 529 plan in their state and then talk to a licensed professional that can talk to you about a 529 plan. Because if you are, I, I call what's called the sticky middle. Middle class is what's called the sticky middle. Mm-hmm. Not enough to get a full grant ride, but not uh, wealthy enough to pay out a pocket, right? So that sticky middle, is that's where a lot of people suffer. They're like, oh, you should be able to contribute to your child's education. And most people can't. So what happens is the student loan debt, the private loan debt, the parent plus loan debt comes into play. But there is something called, I'm really a big proponent and a fan of, called the 529 plan, where someone that has a child early on or a grandchild can start to contribute to their child's education. And we can have a 529 party every year on the birthday. So I know a few people that their child at age nine has their college fully paid for at today's prices. So the five to nine party, no gifts, would just contribute to the plan. Literally bringing in like uh, you can go find a deposit or you can just bring a twenty. I like that. You can write Mm -hmm. a check too from checkbook to five twenty nine. We spoke about that a few times on the podcast. So all right, so so your philosophy is like you should be planning to pay for college. Don't rely on because you know that our culture and when I say our African Americans, we don't believe in picking up the tab for our kids in this extent but in other cultures like i've been studying this it is expected that the parent pays yeah. for that it's like a wedding yeah but in our culture what do we pay for right <laughs> we pay for proms. it all prom oh proms. oh yeah proms we do that maybe yeah. weddings right cars baby showers baby showers yeah. extravagant baby showers yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get more baby showers than weddings well, that's a fact right <laughs> the burberry the burberry shirt <laughs> The Burberry shirt was a staple at uh, Baby Shower. That's how you knew yes. who the father was. Yo, yes. the, the, yes, to do with the Burberry shirt. That's him. Yes. <laughs> Yo, you know what? Also, too, and, and <laughs> to go along with that, is that we got to change the stigma on community college. Yes. And especially in New York, man. It's like people feel like, oh, I feel like I'm not going anywhere. It's great. Right? Yeah, it's like... it's. Number one, if you get if you get a, a liberal arts degree, it won't matter because you're gonna be able to. He's dying. <laughs> <laughs> it won't matter. I mean, you, you can still transfer after two years. Plus, you're gonna save yourself maybe fifty to hundred thousand dollars by just staying home. You know what I mean? You're not paying room and board. You're still eating at home. So here's the head. The stigma is crazy. So I'm a reformed college professor, right? And I could teach at a community college or I could teach at a private institution. It was the same class, the same textbook. I just got paid a little different. But the students were paying at the community college to see me on Tuesday, $300. Mm-hmm. At the private college, they were paying $1,600 a class. Mm-hmm. Same professor, same book, just catch me on a different show. Like, And, and once you, it's like um, if you have a bachelor's degree and you went to community college, they don't count your associate. Only thing that matters is your bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. You have a master's degree. The only thing that really matters is your master's degree. So, yeah. like a lot of people even think, like the first four years, if you're going, right. if you know you're going to be a doctor, like go to a good undergrad, but don't spend all of your money on it, like because your master's program is going to be more important. Yeah. Like you know who went to community college? Uh, Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. No, nobody knows that because they only look at Harvard. Harvard. So and I think. think he went to where did he go before Harvard? Columbia. He went to Columbia and he went to Harvard. So it's like they only look at that part of it, but they didn't look at the two years he spent in, in community college. Nobody cares. Yeah. But now it's two years that you're going for next to nothing. And you, you're, a lot of kids aren't mature enough to actually go away from home and they make a lot of mistakes. So that's like, right. you know, Costing time mistakes. to actually develop and grow as a person. And now you got two years on your belt and now you can get another two years if you want. I'm going to be honest with you. With COVID, I would be pissed. Mm. If I was paying that tuition and I'm home with my friend that's home on the same platform, 
paying way less tuition. Like, that's crazy. Like, I would be enrolling and switching over to another school, like, personally. So let me ask you this. As far as forbearance, uh, there's general forbearance and administrative forbearance. Mm -hmm. What What is the difference between those two? So general, general forbearance, I'll give you an example. It's like when you need to call your lender, like, I don't, I don't got it. Like, so it's 36 <laughs> months in the lifetime of your loan that you can just extend it, no questions asked. Then you have what's called administrative forbearance from the government for whatever they de determine as a permissible reason, they can cover your interest, right? Um, and then you have what's called economic deferment. That's when people don't know about this one, but that's when you get laid off um, or you lost your job. You have some paperwork that says that instead of using your general forbearance months, you want to use your economic deferment. Or if you live in an area that has really bad weather, um, like hurricanes and so forth, mm -hmm. there's weather-related deferments too that people can get. So that you don't have to again run through your thirty six months. How so, do you how I mean, oh, how would yeah. you how would you know that? Do you, do you like because I didn't know that. Um, do you have to call your lender? Like, yeah. Do you, do you offer weather forbearance? Do you offer job? Well, it's a, it's a government program, but it's, okay. again, it's not fully advertised. See, that's the problem again with a lot of um, our lenders and their websites. Some websites, some lenders, it's super easy. Click here, go here. Some are like contact us, and then you're hold for what thirty minutes. And then people just like, oh, forget it. I'm not about to pay them. Mm -hmm. Now it hits your credit. It's a cycle that happens.